The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. Thank you for joining me today on Truth and Love Radio. Pastor Sharam Hadian here with you. And um, folks, I want to, um, as I mentioned uh, last month on our uh, on one of our radio programs, that I'm working on a new presentation that we're going to be doing live and uh, Lord willing on DVD uh, about why as Christians, biblical Christians, we should support the nation of Israel, the Jewish people, the right to their homeland, and also support uh, biblical prophecy, much of which has been unfulfilled and is being fulfilled before our very eyes. So today's program, and probably for the next several shows, I'm not sure how many, but we're going to dive in to why we should be biblical Zionists. Why am I a biblical Zionist? I mean, for goodness sake, folks, I'm from Iran. I was born in a nation that is an avowed enemy of Israel, that is an avowed enemy of the Jewish people. Why would I support Israel? Before I became a Christian 20 years ago, did I support Israel? I didn't. I did not support Israel. I I, uh, didn't hate the Jewish people, but I didn't support Israel. I didn't understand much of what was going on. I, I I would have believed much of the propaganda about the Palestinians and about the land, how it was stolen and so forth and so on. And the fact that the word Zionist uh, would hold a, a conspiracy definition. I think the word Zionist has been solid, has been very much um, uh, muddied. Because there is a biblical Zionism that I believe we're called to to stand on. And there is, of course, a Zionism that uh, is, to some extent, there is a global elite and a global cabal uh, that is promoting a false sense of Zionism. But but there's a true biblical Zionism. But by the way, it has nothing to do with the current government of Israel, the current leadership of Israel. It has everything to do with the Word of God. It has everything to do with the worldview that we're supposed to to glean from the Scriptures, from the full counsel of the Word of God. And that's what this program is about. That's what this ministry is about, is that we want to bring the truth in love and bring a biblical worldview to every issue that our world is facing. And, and of course, the issue of Israel is a huge topic. Especially right now in the United States with the likes of Ilhan Omar, the representative from Minnesota, or Rashida Taleb, the representative from Michigan, uh, or Ocasio-Cortez, or any of these Democrats that are uh, coming out now as being vehemently anti-Semitic. And, and with the rise of anti-Semitism, folks, that's why our, the, the new DVD that we have called War on Christians – also has a section on the rise, the alarming rise of anti-Semitism. It's not just about the global persecution of Christians, but the alarming rise of anti-Semitism. And that's available on our website at TILproject.com. Now, by the way, I have spent several months, 
this entire year at our church at truthandlovechurch.com. Truthandlovechurch.com is our website. At our church, I have spent going through the covenants, the biblical covenants, the seven major covenants in scripture. And seven part, you know, seven A is the, um, what we would say is the lesser minor covenant of the land covenant that was given, uh, to Moses, uh, and actually to Joshua really before they went into the promised land. So this has been a, a, a great study. And I encourage you, if you want to watch the actual sermons that I've done on video, just again, go to our website, truthandlovechurch.com, go under media. And then under media, there's a, there's one called archives. Uh, by the way, again, I remind you, you can join us Sunday nights, 5.30 Pacific time, 5.30 Pacific time, live stream, approximately 5.30 Pacific time, live stream from Spokane, Washington. You can join us for our church service, for our, for the message part of our church service. Um, uh, except for the first Sunday of the month, we have our connect night. We share a meal together first, have potluck. And so therefore we're usually a little bit after six o'clock. Uh, on the first Sunday of the month. But uh, if you go to archives under the media tab at truthandlovechurch.com, you can go back and watch these messages that I've done on Israel, particularly on the covenants. And that's where I want to start off with this program. I want to talk about the biblical covenants, and we're going to go back to the Abrahamic covenant. If If, if there's any confusion in the mind of a Christian as to where we should stand on Israel and on Bible prophecy specifically as well, we must look at the full counsel of God. And if you are a Christian or if you know a Christian who is a, quote, New Testament-only Christian, who does not read the Old Testament, has not read the Old Testament, doesn't look to the counsel of the Old Testament, well, I can't help you because you're not going to be educated. You're not going to be... um you're not going to get the right counsel. You're not going to get the right worldview if you if we've disregarded the Old Testament and the covenants of God and the prophetic outlook, particularly of a dispensational view of Bible prophecy of end times, that there are outstanding prophecies, that there's a tribulation period that is a seven-year tribulation period that is yet to come. There are many outstanding promises given. And so over the next few shows, we're going to look at, again, why we should be biblical Zionist, and why I, as a Persian Christian, as an Iranian-born Christian, why do I support Israel? Again, when when I became a Christian, I didn't love Israel. I didn't understand. But as a spirit-filled Bible-believing Christian, I can tell you that I have I love the Jewish people, and I fully support the right to the land and the fact that I believe absolutely that prophetically we are seeing incredible things fulfilled before our eyes. The fact that Israel, the Jewish people are back in their land. The fact that Israel is a nation again in over 2000 years. The fact that Jerusalem has now been declared the capital of Israel by the United States. These are all incredible, incredible events that are unfolding before our eyes. So let's dig in. The Abrahamic covenant, which we know was given to Abram at the time, starts in Genesis chapter 12. This is the covenant that Yahweh made with Abram. 
And of course, we know that he at the time was in Ur, U-R, Ur, which would be today modern-day Iraq. And he was called to the land of Canaan and ultimately to the land that would be, I guess, close to modern-day Israel today. And in Genesis chapter 15, which is where we're going to pick up tonight, if, if you have your Bibles, you can uh, turn with me to Genesis chapter 15. We're going to see the calling of Abram to a specific land covenant. Now, the Abrahamic covenant actually has three, count them, three specific promises. One promise given was that there would be a uh, a nation. Uh, there, there was a national promise given to Abraham. And this is in, again, starts in Genesis chapter 15. It is to some extent fulfilled with Moses, with the Mosaic covenant, of course, because they were, you know, they were coming out of Egypt. They were going to the promised land. So they were, they were going to be given land. And then ultimately we see the fulfillment with David because David heads up. I mean, you can argue Saul first and then, but ultimately King David is the one who's, who heads up the, um, the, 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 the oversight of Israel becoming a united nation and having um, victory and and peace, a, a temporary peace from their enemies uh, on all sides, and this is given uh, in the covenant with David that that actually we just I just covered started covering this past Sunday at our church from Second Samuel chapter seven, but the national promise that is given in the Abrahamic covenant to Israel is that they would become a nation, which we know they have, but that there would be an eternal nation, a forever nation. Well, that obviously hasn't happened yet because Israel ceased to exist as a nation. After the fall of Jerusalem in 586, they never again existed as a nation until 1948, May of 1948. So the fact that they became a nation in 1948 is historic. And it's prophetic, but the, the, there couldn't have been fulfillment of, of the initial promise of having this, uh, uh, you know, forever nation unless it had continued, right? So we know that they were diaspora, they were dispersed and, 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 and scattered. Um, they were under, under captivity, under, under foreign rule. Uh, in the, in, even the, during the time of Christ, they were in, under Roman rule, and then in AD 70, Jerusalem was sacked and destroyed, and they were completely scattered, never again to see, uh, control over Israel, the land of Israel, at least the partial land of Israel or Jerusalem until, uh, again, May of 1948, and then to some extent in 1967, when they actually took control of Jerusalem fully. So, that first promise could not have been fulfilled and is outstanding. The second promise was the fact that through Abraham, the nations will be blessed uh, ultimately uh, worldwide. And then the third promise was the promise of a seed. So the, na- the so promise one was a national promise. Promise two was a blessing uh, promise of all the nations. And promise three... Um, was the 
seed covenant. And, and you can argue that, uh, the, the, the national covenant was a, is a land covenant. Some, some would categorize is, is, is this way. Promise one, land covenant. Promise two, seed covenant. Promise three, the national covenant, meaning through Israel, the nations will be ultimately blessed. So, as I've said, the national covenant portion has not, could not have been fulfilled yet. The land covenant, which we're going to look at here in just a minute, there's no way it could have been fulfilled yet. And you'll see that in a minute. And then number three, the seed covenant has been fulfilled because we know that the seed was ultimately the promise of the coming of the Messiah. And that has been obviously partially fulfilled in the first coming of Christ, but not yet fully fulfilled because we have not yet had the second coming of Christ. So it's very important for us as Christians who are under the new covenant to understand that our entire covenant is tied to the Abrahamic covenant. You would not have a new covenant and a promise of a new covenant had it not been for the Abrahamic covenant to the people of Abraham, to the descendants of Abraham, and specifically not just any descendants because it did not include the Ishmaelites. It included only the lineage of of Isaac and Jacob. And that's part of the promise. So very important, one more time, three promises, partially fulfilled, much of it not yet fulfilled, particularly the eternal national promise and the eternal land promise that are given. So partial fulfillment, yes. Full fulfillment, no. So now let's turn with me to Genesis chapter 15. And specifically, we're going to go down and uh, the Lord speaks to Abraham in verse 4. The word of the Lord came to him saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed, verse 6, and he believed in the Lord and he, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit. So here's the land covenant that we're being told, folks. So again, why would I be a Zionist that believes that the, that the Jewish people, that the, that the biblical descendants, right? The, the heir that was promised, the heir, not multiple heirs, a single heir that is being promised to Abram, who is not yet Abraham. Why should I believe that that, that land promise is given to the Jewish people? Because they're the heir that comes has to be the heir that is of the Jewish lineage. And it is a inheritance. Verse eight. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? Verse nine. So he said to me, bring me a three year heifer, three year old female goat, a three year ram, a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Verse 10. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two. Uh, down the middle, placed each piece opposite the other. He did not cut the birds in two. Um, let's keep going. And verse 12, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, Abraham and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him because he has a, a, a vision. Then he said to Abraham, know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them for 400 years. Of course, this is prophesying what? The... uh exile in Egypt, right? The exile in Egypt. And also the nation whom they serve, serve, I will judge. Afterward, they shall come out with great possessions. 
Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace and you shall be buried at a golden age. Verse 17, here we go. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. Now this is a, by the way, for those out there who are Christians, who you know, who would believe in replacement theology or believe that these prophecies were fulfilled or believe that the Jews forfeited the prophecies and the, and, and, and the promises because they rebelled against Yahweh, remind them that the Abrahamic covenant is unilateral, not bilateral, meaning two-way, it is unilateral and unconditional, meaning that God decided to make a covenant with Abraham, Abram. There was no condition put on this covenant other than his, his belief in the covenant, meaning he agreed to the covenant in faith. And, and, and it's, it's, uh, one way and unconditional so that only God can fulfill it. There is no condition for it to be broken. This is very important because we have a warped understanding of the covenants and understanding when God made a bilateral covenant versus a unilateral covenant. Very important to understand. Okay, now watch this. So here in verse 18, on the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram saying, here's the covenant folks. So why, why am I a Christian Zionist, a biblical Zionist who believes that the Jewish people have a right to the land? Here's why. To your descendants, to your descendants, that means heir. Remember earlier it was talking about the heir. Not just anybody, but the, the, the promised lineage. I have given this land. Okay. What land? Here's the land, folks. From the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. Okay, so from the river of, I wish you had a map in front of you that you can look at the map that I'm looking at. From the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates. Now the Euphrates is in modern day Iraq. So where is Egypt, right? Egypt is, we're talking about the the the, the, the uh, river of Egypt is to the west of the Red Sea. The great uh, river Euphrates is all the way across into uh, Iraq. So we are talking about well over 1,000 miles. 1,000 miles, okay? This is the land covenant. So here's the obvious, and then it goes on to say that the, the, uh, the Kenites, the, the Kenizzites, the Kadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. All of that land. Now here is for those who would say, we should not support Israel today. We do, they have no right to the land. They are occupiers, which is of course the, the, the nonsense that comes out of the UN ad nauseum. It comes out of the social justice churches ad nauseum. Uh, the, 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 the churches that are steeped in replacement theology. Here is the question to ask them. When has Israel ever occupied this land? 
So remember, if they say, well, okay, this was the promise, but it was nullified because the Jewish people rebelled against God, they were disobedient, they worshipped Baal, they worshipped Asherah, they were, you know, they, they broke the covenants, uh, and so therefore God revoked it. No, it cannot be revoked, folks, because it's a unilateral covenant. It's a one-sided covenant. If God revokes it, he's a liar. So that doesn't fit. So that destroys their argument. Number two. The question is, when has the Jewish people, when has Israel ever occupied this land? Even under the kingship of, of, of David, they didn't even come close to occupying this land. It also goes north to south, by the way. So we are talking about modern day nations that this land would occupy. So it would be southern part of Turkey, the entire western part of Syria, all of Lebanon, all of Jordan, the eastern part of Egypt, the northern part of Saudi Arabia, the western part of Iraq, and of course, the rest of what today would be modern day Israel. That's the land mass we're talking about. When has Israel ever come even close to occupying that land? Therefore, therefore, the only conclusion, if it, if the promise is not nullified because of Israel disobedience, because it, it was a unilateral, unconditional covenant, and if they've never had the land, the only conclusion is it is still an outstanding, unfulfilled promise yet to come. Therefore, the fact that Israel is back in its land as a nation means that we are indeed in the end times, we are indeed in the last days, we are getting ready for the conditions set to to usher in the tribulation period, the Antichrist, we see the hatred of Israel completely forming around uh, the, the world, not just not just folks, not just in the Middle East, not by, not just by Turkey, Syria, Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, and 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 all the jihadist groups, you know, ISIS and Hezbollah and, and Al Qaeda and and Hamas and so forth and so on, uh, Al Nusra, but not just that, but folks, we are talking about the the globe, most of the nations on the planet, including Western Europe, uh, uh, even now Canada to the extent. They are turning on the Jewish people on Israel and their right to not just the land, but to Jerusalem. So why am I a biblical Zionist? Because I'm going to follow the word of God. I believe that not only is this land theirs, but Jesus promises that he's going to return on this land. And so, again, as we look at um, further these prophecies, further what the prophecies give us, you will see that not just in Genesis 15, not just in Genesis, uh, not just in Genesis 12, where the initial covenant is made with Abram, but in Genesis 15, which which is the land portion of the covenant, that in Genesis 22, which also goes through the story of the heir, who was the promised heir? Here's the third question. So number one question: unconditional covenant. So can't have not been cannot have been nullified. Number two. Uh, they're stealing the land. No, they're not even close to owning the land that God has promised them yet to come. And number three, what about, uh, the descendants, it says, of, 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 uh, um, Abraham. What about the Ishmaelites? What about the Arabs? Well, it's not promised to them because in Genesis 22, uh, when, when, uh, 
the the fulfillment of, of of the promised son, that's Isaac, is given to Abraham. He takes Isaac upon the mountain on Mount Moriah to sacrifice him. And that story, the Lord asks Abraham three times. Read it for yourself, folks. Study the word. Abraham, where is your only son? Where is your only son? His only son, that means his legitimate son. Not that Ishmael was not a blood son through Hagar, but it was not the legitimate heir. That is only Isaac, which means that the legitimate heir are the Jewish people. And by extension, we are grafted in as believers into that tree, which is Israel, which is the Jews. But it is, we are not... Uh, the heir of the land. This, this is, and by the way, this is not a spiritual heirship. This is literal land that is yet to be fulfilled. So these are three important reasons why as a Christian, as a biblicist, as a Zionist, I fully support Israel and their land covenant and their right to be back in their land. And you're going to see in, in, in subsequent shows, that through the Mosaic Covenant, through the Secondary Land Covenant in Deuteronomy 30, through the um, prophecies in Ezekiel 37, particularly in 37, there's a promise given, 38, that God brings him back into the land in the before the Gog, uh, Magog battle. These all point to scenarios that are being literally set up before our very eyes. And we must be on the right side of scripture. I believe this is a litmus test issue. This is a, a, a an issue that it's not us trying to make it divisive. It is that God has already decided. And if we disagree and if we reject the prophecies and we reject the promises of God, then ultimately we're rejecting God himself in the sense of uh what he's doing today. We don't understand it. We don't get it. That's why so many Christians are falling for replacement theology. That's why so many Christians are so confused on this issue. Or they view the word Zionist as a evil, dirty word rather than a biblical word to be a Zionist because Jesus will return himself upon Mount Zion. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So stay tuned with us. Again, I encourage you to go to the uh, to our website, to, to not just tillproject.com, and you can sign up for our email newsletter, but for folks, go to our church website and, and watch these sermons. And what I'm bringing you here is, is snippets of it, but I wanted to put this on radio format. I wanted it to be available as well so that, so that, um, it is, it is, uh, something that you can easily access. Maybe you won't watch an hour plus sermon, but maybe you'll watch a 20 or you'll listen to a 26 minute uh, radio show and share it folks share this with others so lord bless you stay tuned for part two and part three and more shows we're going to do several shows on this uh, as the lord leads us um on again biblical zionism why would a former muslim from iran support israel today because the bible makes it clear that it is our duty to obey the word of god god bless you and we'll see you on the program next time Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.